What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. We finally have multiple sports going on at once. We have a lot to talk about today, including week one and a half-ish of the MLB. We got the studs and all that that have shown out during that little week they have. We got the NBA bubble officially launching and games being played out in Orlando. And then we got a, a few little other tidbits for you as well that we're going to sprinkle in there. But it's action-packed. I'm Julian Osius. I'm here with Brooklyn. What's going on, brother? What's good, bro? How you doing, man? You know, we're, we're living. We're, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yes, sir. This, you know, you and I have been talking a lot this weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, usually we sit in our PlayStation party playing stuff. But this weekend we were kind of just sitting there with like four or five screens up. I know yeah, I was man, watching at least long. two baseball games at a time. Uh, there's always a basketball game on. So, you know, there's a lot to watch. And it's been enjoyable. I, I've missed it, man. Yeah, just having a game on in the background, doing what you're doing. Just, man, I've missed it a lot. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost great like to be too back. much. <laughs> They've been yeah. given so much at once, and it's all been so quality, too. I think that's... Yeah, it's hard to keep up with everything. Like, I've just been throwing on MLS games, like PGA Tour, like stuff I usually don't even watch, and I've just had it there. And yeah. we're constantly getting baseball games, basketball games, hockey uh, just started with the qualifying rounds for the playoffs. Man, it's been fun. Yeah, I love that's, it. That's like... The one thing that's not even been able to make my radar just because I've been trying to watch everything else uh, mm-hmm. was is the hockey stuff. I just don't really know what's going on there. I know they have their own like playoff system where it's a yeah. expanded playoffs and they got a round before the first round now. And yeah, I know 2014 like playoffs that. or playoff tournament, I guess, would and, be the better way to put it. That's you know that's if you're a hockey fan, that sounds amazing. Uh, not really yeah. in my realm per se. Not that I'm against it. It's just I'm more interested in the MLS stuff, and then European soccer, and then obviously baseball, basketball, mm-hmm. and then the the stuff kind of happening in the football world that I'm paying attention to. But we're gonna start with the NBA. Uh, yes, sir. We got the bubble. NBA is back. We have uh, picked up right where we left off, minus a handful of teams. Uh, R.I.P. My New York Knicks, and. Um, mm-hmm. The, the Warriors and, and all those other teams that got left out, uh, you deserve to not be playing because you all stink. <laughs> just just bad, but we got yes, the good sir. teams left, mostly. And from what we've seen in the game so far, it's it looks like we do have the good teams. These games have been very entertaining so far. Oh, man, games have been coming down to a wire. We got OT games. We got a couple of blowouts, but, I mean, they're warranted when they happen. But everybody looks good. I thought everybody was going to come out, look real, real sluggish and stuff. And, I mean, you get spurts of that here and there. It's going to happen. But for the most part, everybody looks good. Yeah, and and that's a testament to these guys just being professionals. And kind of the basketball as a sport, it's not a hard sport to stay in shape with. Not because, like, the, the stress in your body is, like, easy. But it's really easy to get a basketball and dribble it around your house. Or, uh, you know, do cardio stuff to kind of stay in shape for basketball. There's not many outside factors that can stop you from getting better every day, um, even Mm -hmm. inside your house. Whereas a sport like baseball or football, it's a little bit harder without other people being around, you know? Absolutely. The only thing you're not really getting is your shot. And, I mean, 
That is and the most important thing. If you have a gym in your house or a hoop, then you can even get that up too. So. Yeah, but a lot of these people just like live in apartments and stuff, so it's yeah. hard for them to have that going. So, um, but absolutely. But it's it's a definitely a testament to them as professionals mm-hmm. being ready for this bubble to come back. No um, doubt. For the most part, obviously, uh, it's been a couple months, so there's going to be some rust. You kind of saw that with LeBron um, in the first three quarters of their game against the Clippers. Fourth quarter, he kind of turned it on and did the whole LeBron thing that we're really used to seeing. Um, another guy that comes yeah, to mind I'm is like sure Jason Tatum. Uh, he grew out his hair and forgot how to shoot. <laughs> And then came back, cut his he cut his hair immediately, and uh, and, and then played really well. So direct correlation there, <laughs> direct. You love like, to see it. Yeah, you love to see that. Um, and then you have some teams that are kind of surprising people. Um, to me, the the biggest one being the Raptors. Um, you know, they've had a really good regular season before everything happened, and they've kind of been flying under the radar just because they lost Kawhi. Nobody really trusts them. How are they going to be good without their best player and their finals MVP? And they come and they sweep the Lakers this season. They, they beat them both times. And that's got to stand for something when you're beating the best team in the West twice, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, without you know, a so, doubt. So if you watched that game this weekend, Kyle Lowry was phenomenal. Uh, and, and the Raptors just look like a team that if everything's clicking and that Raptors playoff curse is actually gone... Uh, they could be dangerous. They could hundred percent be dangerous. Um, yeah, well, the Raptors taking down uh, the Lakers was uh, good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else that like surprised you, or you're like excited to see more of after the first like little taste that we got this weekend? Um, I'm excited to see the Rockets play a little more because I've missed Harden basketball. Gotcha. Definitely missed that. And they, they um, had a really Depot. nice game last night against the Bucks that they came yeah. out on top of uh, with their defense, too, which was the surprising part about that. They, they definitely locked it down towards the end of that game. Uh, Harden in particular, too. He didn't shoot the best in this game, but down the stretch played good defense. So that's, and that's going to be important for them because if it's just going to be shoot or bust, and when they do bust, they're not going to actually like try to do it on the defensive end and make up for it. If they're doing that and actually shooting well, they're going to be a very, very scary team. And and that's been the woes with the Rockets. They If they shoot bad, that's it. They're out of the water. Yeah, but now now so, it seems like at least from the, the two games we've seen that their defense is willing to clamp it down when it's necessary towards the end of a game. Exactly. Another team I'm uh, excited for now with the news that Victor Oladipo is actually going to be playing, the Pacers might actually uh, be kind of nice. And TJ yeah. Warren came out of nowhere, dropped 53 in their first game against yeah, the, the 76ers. T- him coming out of nowhere and doing that was, was to me, really, really cool. Um, you know, a nod to the preparation, I was just saying. He was probably working harder than everybody else in the league during this uh, mm-hmm. off time. He probably took his time and said, I'm going to come back better and more in shape and more ready than everybody else. And Absolutely. All based off of game one, he, he looks like he did exactly that. And if he can keep any sort of that surge that he had in that first game, what was it, 53 you said? 53. If he can keep like 20 for 29 shooting. That's just So it's crazy. not like he was just chucking up shots. Like That's efficient. And he hit the dagger too. So yeah, yeah. TJ had a um, great outing. Uh, 
the Pacers definitely need another guy like that. But they have Oladipo coming back too, which is really big for them. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm trying to think them. of who else I'm excited for. Uh, I, I kind of, I'm kind of excited about the Clippers, but them not having uh, Mar- Harrell and Lou Will really kind of dampers their uh, overall. But they'll be team back eventually, though. Maybe. Who, who really knows? Because Harrell's out for personal reasons, right? I don't think he has the virus, but I just don't think he wants to risk it. Uh, and then Lou yeah. will, who who knows what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, hopefully Lou doesn't have it and he's back. But they got Pat Bev back. But they're shooting really nicely, though. Like, yeah. They're shooting lights out. Against yeah, the Pelicans, it, they actually set a franchise record of 25 made threes. And PG, it seems like whenever I watch him, he just doesn't miss until, until the clock the last gets under 30 game, seconds. Then... <laughs> but, yeah, man. Yeah, if you're, so if Clippers, you're the Clippers... Uh, you gotta you gotta throw that ball to Kawhi at the end, at the end of the game. Um, that's just the only way that this is gonna work. If you need a if you need a bucket towards the end, because Paul George is an absolute stud, an MVP candidate, a, a just a really talented dude. But it, you know, some people don't got that gene, and I would love to be proven wrong. But Absolutely. Did they, you know, I'm not always proven wrong. <laughs> that's the thing. So, do it, Paul. <laughs> Hit that shot. Hit that big-time shot. No OT tonight, please. No OT tonight, baby. One of these days. It'll happen. Let that I commercial promise. bang. Please. And um, so, we're the, the cool thing about the bubble, too, is none of this is affecting, like, the, the MVP voting or anything like that. So, yeah. the MVP is going to come down to Giannis and LeBron. It's probably going to be Giannis, even though I think it should be LeBron, but, you know, it kind of is what it is and um these these just feel exactly like what they're supposed to do they're warm-up games but they're high intensity warm-up games and they're there's teams fighting for positioning here like these are important and it's only eight it's only eight games so you gotta give everything you got because nobody wants to be that that four seed that if they win a game they gotta go see lebron nobody wants that so they're trying to bump up a little bit or go down a little bit honestly and avoid these uh, collision courses with the the heavyweights of your conference, right? And nobody wants to get their bubble popped and then Man. get voted off the island. Man. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, man. So everybody's fighting to stay in there because once you out, you got to pack your stuff, you got a couple you're, minutes, you're move and in with get the up out of there. And the Warriors. Get up out so, of there. sooner than later. I'm looking at, I'm looking at you, Phoenix. Looking at y'all. Also, but John Morant overall, really impressed me this this first week. Yeah, he, I mean, he looks like he didn't miss a step, and he is just. And he by miss a, a step, I mean he looks more athletic. The Spurs. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I'm just excited to see more of him. Maybe not this season. I have no idea if they'll wind up making that eight seed, but. Uh, him and hopefully him and Zion are are just two just guys that I'm so excited to watch in the future. So yeah, and overall the atmosphere at the bubble has been electric, man. Yeah, the the, the fan thing is so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's and really they cool. made it so like the fans are actually like loud, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. they're like an actual presence in the arena, which is pretty cool. It's great. My uh favorite part about like the little studio they set up is we get that uh rolling camera on the baseline 
on the sidelines. There's just nobody on that baseline, so we can just Man. it's just full of cameras. They usually bring that camera for like All Star games and stuff, and I just love that it's here. And I hope somehow they figure out how to keep it. Maybe like move fans back like one row on that side. But I love that camera angle. It just sets up for just amazing clips. It's great. But production and everything, like the screens they got set up, with the graphics, everything's just great. Really, really well put together. It looks like shout out to the NBA for doing this. Yeah, shout out to the NBA for doing this because it's great. But NBA has done a great job, and we can like kind of move to a a league not doing such a great job, you know. Um, And by a league, we kind of mean. Uh, it's really the higher-ups that we can put the blame on here. Uh, the MLB. So last week, we found out that a lot of the Mar- Miami Marlins uh, tested positive players and uh, people in their staff as well, testing positive. So like a good amount of them too. And there was like a direct instance where they were found going to a Atlanta strip joints and this is probably where they got it or sometime during that whole adventure they had that night <laughs> but yeah man and, and, uh, and maybe they were out there with Lou Will at Magic City who knows <laughs> they, were pr- they probably were doing some nonsense with Lou Will and you know this is the most Miami um, kind of occurrence that we could have heard of just a bunch of yeah. young dudes playing for the Marlins going out and then getting Corona. But then that was, that was pretty bad, and the Phillies haven't been able to play because they played them, and they wanted to make sure they were testing uh, negative, which the Phillies did. None of the Phillies ended up having it, which was good. And so the Phillies will be playing the, the Yankees tonight, and they'll finish out their series they were supposed to have last week, this week. But then the, the Cardinals come out on, what was it? Thursday or Friday? I believe so. And it turns out that a handful of Cardinals players uh, started testing positive. And this is pretty much coming off the back of the same exact type of situation that happened in Miami. Apparently, a bunch of Cardinals players, we don't know specific details yet because they're being really secretive about it, but a a group of Cardinals players uh, went out, and they, they went out and apparently wherever they went uh contracted the 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 big bad disease that we've been trying to fight for months and that's the thing with this uh virus like yeah you see everybody doing stuff and they're not getting it that doesn't give you a reason to just say all right i'm cool let's go do whatever and now you got it for that one time that you want to go risk it it just doesn't work like that, and you got to have the will, especially in a situation like this where you're jeopardizing a whole season and like and the people thir- around you. You're jeopardizing teams. the health of the people around you. Yeah, you're, you're jeopardizing the people directly around you and the 30 teams' worth of players and staff that some of them might be depending on this season or just any season in general for yeah. you know to make a living and pay their bills keep their family safe and And now because you're bored on a road trip and you're trying to go chill now you're out there putting risk on everybody exactly and so right when this happened on i want to say saturday uh manfred put out a thing saying if the league doesn't tighten it up 
uh, he he was threatening to cancel the season, which is kind of comical at this yeah, point because man. why should the league tighten it up when you clearly didn't put too much care and emphasis on teams not being able to leave? Like these weren't rules set in place. Like nobody said, even though it was like an unwritten thing. But as the commissioner of a league, you don't want stuff up to interpretation. And so he he never said, like, oh, you can't go out. Or there's, like, a strict curfew or something. He just left it up to the teams to kind of decide, like, what the exactly. rules were. And to police it and stuff. And I don't know how that is a thing. Because, like, if you look at the NBA, I forgot who it was, but they stepped out of the bubble to pick up a DoorDash, and they got suspended for two weeks. Yeah. And, like, Once that's the way that line, it needs to it. be. You need to be strict and, like, obviously there's not an MLB if... bubble, which there should have been, but. Should have been. Especially with it's no fans. Like, what's the point now. of having home and away games if you're not having fans? Exactly. You could have played. And I was saying this. <laughs> you could have uh... went to Williamsport and played, like, mm-hmm. honestly. And I was saying this the other day. They should have had, like, three bubbles. You get the East teams, the Central, and the West have three bubbles. They all play their games because they're playing each other anyways. Yeah. So keep it on uh, each side. You have three bubbles. They play it all out. Now, after uh, the season's over, whoever makes the playoffs, you have another separate bubble that you figure out where you're going to have it. You bring everybody in. If you want to quarantine them for a little bit just for the travel and whatever, you go ahead and do that. And now you got four bubbles all in all. And you got no outside problems. There's no variables that you got to watch out for and keep it going. Like, and, you're straight. And the thing that specifically bothers me that MLB didn't do it, if you look around the country, there are just thousands of baseball parks and fields that, you know, colleges run on, travel ball runs on, uh, semi-pro mm-hmm. teams run on, that this could have been done at. Like there was, there's not a shortage of fields, or you could have even had it at say, um, say you have it in Tampa, right? And then you have it in Tampa, and then you have some games playing at Tropicana, some games playing at uh, Legends Field or Steinbrenner Field, and then some on the side fields. Like there's multiple fields that you can have stuff going on at. And I'm sure it just Tampa's felt not really, the only place. really lazy the way they did it. And the thing I hate about Manfred, he loves throwing his players under the bus. Yep. When it all starts at the top. If you don't set these measures in place beforehand to stop your players from messing up, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to You're the commissioner. Everything runs from you. If you don't put it in place and just give people a slap on the wrist like you're known to do for punishments, but we ain't going to get into that right now. We're about but, to get into that actually. <laughs> so, but um, like you got to be better. You got to be better and just because you're forgetting to do this stuff don't put on the players that's their fault. Yeah, they should have stayed. Absolutely. But obviously, players are going to be bored, and they're going to try to finagle the system. And if you don't put things in place to stop them from doing that, it still comes on you. Yeah. You got to be better. The The funny thing about all this is, like, two days before this, people are already yelling at Manfred because of um, what he did to uh, one la dodgers pitcher joe kelly um oh man if you haven't seen this by now then i don't know what's going on free joe kelly joe kelly uh threw at whether intentionally or not he threw at alex bregman over like on wednesday uh threw behind him didn't hit him 
the at-bat kind of happens. Uh, fast forward a little bit, a uh, an off-speed pitch kind of gets away from him. Again, was it intentional or not? I really don't know. Uh, but gets behind Carlos Correa. Uh, the the at-bat kind of dwindles on, and he eventually strikes out Correa. Afterwards, uh, Correa gives him like a stare down, and Joe kind of gives him like the pouty face and starts like chirping <laughs> at him. It kind of just antagonizes him a little bit. Tells him nice swing, added some extra stuff to that too. And, and the context here is that obviously all the cheating stuff that kind of came out this offseason with the Astros, and it's important to Joe Kelly because the Astros beat the Red Sox in 2017 in the playoffs en route to the Astros' eventual World Series uh, championship. And Joe Kelly was on that Red Sox team. So this is a little important to Joe. He wasn't on the Dodgers losing in the World Series, but on the way there. And this yeah, is there the was Red a couple Sox... of people that were like, oh, why is he mad? He wasn't even on that Dodgers team. And well, yeah, you're right. But he still got affected. He was definitely affected. He and was still very much in everything. I, I believe so Joe was eventually reasons. on the, the Red Sox team that won the following year. If I'm not mistaken, he was on that team. Or he might have been on the L.A. already. I really don't remember. But, might have been on L.A., but... You know, that was an opportunity for him to get to a World Series because the Red Sox were pretty good in 2017 also. And, yeah. you know, the this cheating scandal affected him. And so the whole offseason happens where we find out this happened. There's proof that it happened. And really nothing happens to the players or the organization besides a couple million dollars and a loss of a draft pick, which yeah. does nothing, really, because draft picks... Nothing at all. And, Draft picks in the MLB are whatever. If you don't have one, it's fine. Unless Mike Trout's there, then it doesn't even matter, right? Exactly. And so, you know, you have you have this this loss of a draft pick, and players and other teams and organizations just feel that it wasn't enough. So you knew coming into this season that people were going to be targeting Astros players, whether or not it's right to hit a player. That's a different real conversation but you knew what was going to happen regardless and so this is the first instance we've seen uh joe doesn't get thrown out of the game but then afterwards manfred gives him an was it eight game suspension eight eight games games. which in a 60 game season is a big chunk of games and i think it's like 22 games if it was a 162 yeah and the, the crazy part about it is he gets suspended eight games for throwing at the people who actually cheated. It's crazy. And so I'm not saying Joe shouldn't have been, like, dealt with in a way. I think he should have been thrown out of that game and then suspended, like, one or two games. Like, I think that's just typical protocol for stuff like that, right? Yeah. But can you blame the guy? No. And the only thing that I don't like about it is he threw at their head. Again, whether it was intentional or not, it is what it is. The ball went for their heads. So that's the only thing I don't like. Like, if you're going to hit them, throw 105 right at their hip. I don't care. Go ahead. Once you get above the shoulders, that's when it's like, all right, chill. But, again, like, if you're not going to police the people who are wrong, you put it into the hands of the players to police the game themselves. And again, it all comes back to Manfred. Because if you do what you need to do in the first place and you give them the punishment, they're dealt with. All right. Even if it's not a great punishment, there has to be something to 
make something. you not want to go cheat again. Because if if this happens again, right? Say I was on like the Diamondbacks this year, right? And we're not starting mm-hmm. the season well, and we're like, man, we have a good team. Let's try and win. Let's bang on some trash cans or do something, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. even if we get caught, we're just gonna lose a draft pick. So let's go ahead and do it. Who cares? Yeah, it's a win-win. So win-win. If we get caught, you pay a little oh, no, bit of a but price. If it works now. We're yeah. winning. Facts. So they have no reason not to do it. Like you're dumb if you don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> I I like the idea. There, there's like a side that you like that. Manfred suspends Joe Kelly for eight games because it sets a precedent that you don't want people intentionally hitting people for something that isn't policed. I understand that. That that, that makes sense. But at the same time, if something isn't done right, there's got to be repercussions for it, right? Otherwise, you're going to want to just do it again. It's a slippery slope. And so the repercussion for this and cheating is clearly that there might be some fastballs and sliders coming at your head. And if you want to not get hit in the head, you shouldn't cheat because that's the only thing preventing it at this point. Yeah. And I feel like the league still could have done their investigation without making the deal with the players and saying, oh, if you come out and give us a real testimony and tell us what happened, all of you get immunity. Like, I feel like that was just the easy, protected way out of it. Yeah, that you didn't want to hurt. They didn't the want to do that. So, so it, it's just it's just bad, Manfred. So if you're a pro Manfred fan listening to this, it's a tough tough episode. But I can't imagine there's many pro Manfred. Yeah, Manfred people. just doesn't do anything to better the sport. Yeah, it's hard to I don't really know if you find saw, something that he does well. I don't, I don't know if you saw after the Trevor Bauer threw on Sunday. And after the game, he, he actually had a really good game, as Trevor Bauer tends mm-hmm. to do. And uh, he yeah. wore a shirt that said uh, Bauer for commissioner. <laughs> and uh, I'm just not against it because Trevor, ba- Trevor Bauer is one of my favorite players in the MLB. Not because he's really good, although he is really good. But because he's like the, one of the ten guys that actually use social media and actually like try and promote their quote-unquote brand and their, their personal brand. And on top of that, he just isn't afraid to speak out about issues in the MLB. Yeah, and it's really, really comforting to see that um, that a player that is, and this is important too, that is a white male, like, you know, not none of the minorities. He's not afraid to speak out on really anything. We've seen him speak out on just a lot of different topics, particularly Absolutely. this off season, but in general over his course as a player too, and. Um, you know, I'm not actually saying he's going to be commissioner, but I just thought that was kind of funny. That and it wouldn't be the first uh, player in power. Just a little tiny segue into the NFL, and we'll come right back. Is Patrick Mahomes, youngest NFL, I mean NFL, MLB owner for the Kansas City Royals. Oh, uh, yeah, Royals. He, uh, he, part he, got owner. That, he got that big bag from the Chiefs, and he put it straight into the Royals, which I think is a, yes, you know, amazing. Uh, Bro, Whoever instructed that, genius. Um, it is great, <laughs> especially because the Royals got to be pretty cheap right now. So he absolutely um, him being the face of that will kind of serve as like a a Magic Johnson kind of deal with uh, the Dodgers. Even though the Dodgers didn't really need Magic there, um, Mahomes will definitely help the Royals uh, brand as a whole. Especially because Kansas City is 
for sure a football town, first and foremost. And they kind of always have been. And to put your football you guy, guy like with the baseball team, you're going to get a lot more fans that way, especially if he starts showing up to games or there's like a Patrick Mahomes jersey will. giveaway day or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to see some interaction between the two. And, you know, you love to see that. Some sports integration. Yeah, great, some, some MJ again, great Odin. move by the Chiefs to go get him. Great move by Mahomes to go do this. And just great moves by the um, Royals to come. Every yeah. it's a win 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 for all three parties and it's great. Uh, Mahomes and his whole like team over there, they they're they're really smart. They're really talented. He's really talented, and uh, y- you love to see guys like him winning. And and he continuously Absolutely. seems to win on and off the the field. So you really do love to see that. Uh, before we Without shift too much into football, uh, I kind of want to get your your first impressions of of the first week, ten games ish of the MLB season. Uh, who's standing out to you? Players, teams. We'll get into a top five power ranking for each of us in a second, but I kind of just want to get, like, who you who stood out first, first like, you know, week. I mean, this is going to sound biased, but, I mean, the Yankees have been balling. Can't uh, put anything behind that. But the Cubs, they're 7-2. Uh, and two. Nice little uh, thing to see over there because I actually had them uh, – running off with this division so it's cool to see that going on there chicago should uh be able to put some stuff together um there's been a couple of people just not really performing well yet and that's just the way it's going to be everybody's sluggish so you're getting a bunch of just low level people that are having spurts and you get people like bellinger yelich mookie that just Acuna that just haven't been balling yet, and I'm just waiting until that happens to see uh, really what the good players are getting into. Yeah, because it's it's hard to see like the actual layout of the land yeah. when the the top tier talent isn't yet like in shape. Exactly, you know, shape in in air quotes. Uh, just in a groove. Baseball is a, a game of like finding your groove and sticking with it. And you know, if you're in a slump to start the year, it's because you haven't seen pitching in a while. And we got a couple of teams that yeah. only have three games played, and we're ten games in. Yeah. So <laughs> we have no idea if the Marlins are actually any sort of good. They they have some decent looking pitching. I know that Sandy kid looks like actually kind of nice mm-hmm. in his first outing. Yeah. So like, there's still stuff we got to figure out, but. Uh, I'll I'll hop on the same wagon as you. I think the thing that stood out to me the most is is not like a team playing particularly well or bad. Although I think the Minnesota Twins are standing out a lot. They just they just took a two of three, or was it two of four? I don't remember. But they they won two games against the Indians, and we just put out a, a player of the week for their pitching staff and how dominant they were last week. So obviously that's a, a good feat to do. Yeah, and keep an eye out but, for uh, the player of the week. We're going to be doing that every week for just any sport the player of the week in the sports world it's going to be on our socials if you see somebody balling let us know you can nominate people we'll make it happen see if they make the cut and uh yeah it should be an exciting thing to get popping every week yeah we're looking forward to like some sports variety in there too and absolutely whoever's being impactful and that's going to be really fun but the 
the the thing that's surprising me the most is definitely what you said. Uh, the the superstar level players, and there are a lot of them. It feels like yeah, uh, just not handful. quite finding their stride yet. And you know, Yelich starting the season like one for twenty six. It's tough. Uh, Bellinger right there with them. Uh, the the three stars, the Astros, are all hitting like sub two hundred right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, both MVPs in Altuve and Bregman sub two hundred. George Springer even worse. He was hitting like one sixty. Um, was bad. Who else was hitting bad? Acuna just striking out left and right. Same thing with Gary Sanchez. Yeah, Gary Sanchez he is. can't <laughs> seem to he can't seem to buy a good at bat right now. And that's just kind of the way it, it goes. Um, Marcus Simeon's not having the best start to a season yet. But then you have some guys that uh, are the faces of their team, and they're doing exactly that. And, you know, you look at uh, Aaron Judge, who's just been, uh, you know, not of this world. Yeah, it's uh, just been weekend, a monster. Hitting, uh, six home runs in five games. And then you have uh, somebody like in the same series, Xander Bogarts, who has just been insane from the start of the season. Um, somebody else would be like Tim Anderson, who actually just got hurt, but he's yeah, been sadly. phenomenal. Uh, Dansby Swanson, who's not the face of that team but he's like the rising star of that team out in atlanta he's been phenomenal uh you know and, and then uh who is it rookie Luis robert out in uh, chicago also he's just been uh you know there's a lot of i don't know if you guys see it we're like really big into baseball obviously but there's there's a lot of jokes that like mike trout wishes he could be Luis robert one day yeah <laughs> and um and shout out weekend, uh, mike trout just uh, had a little guppy Little guppy trout. So, shout out to that trout hasn't Who played already in the has last a couple baseball of, reference page, <laughs> which which is just great. You love to see it. Internet yeah, stays undefeated. Really so, give me your uh, quick little power ranking, little top five, uh, a ten games in or right, however many five. games played. Honestly, who knows? We'll go Yankees, Twins, um, Dodgers, Cubs, and I. Atlanta in there. Yankees, Twins, Dodgers, Cubs, uh, Braves. I'm probably going to just duplicate that. I think that's yeah. pretty accurate. Uh, the Braves definitely turned it around a little bit. They've, they've looked yeah, they, weird. It's been, a, it's been a weird one. And they've had some really... But they're on a five-game win streak right now. But they've been winning. So They've been winning, and Acuna and Albies haven't either Albies hasn't been playing and Acuna hasn't played yeah. well. So for them to be winning without those two guys playing well is a really good indication. I think Ozuna has been just an mm-hmm. absolute stud. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good top five. Yankees, Twins, Dodgers, Cubs, uh, Braves. I might throw the uh, the Rockies at five instead if we're going to just for diversity's sake because they've been yeah. really good too. But that would be the only change I would think about making. I like it. Don't sleep on the Orioles because apparently they're the uh, the second best record in the or the third best record. In the <laughs> Let's go, league. baby! Don't, don't sleep on the <laughs> Orioles. I don't know what that's about, but they're only they had two of their three losses are to the hey. Yankees, so um, they look good. And if that's happening for, for no reason, you're, you're looking good. So uh, that that's about it. That's all we got for baseball. We're excited for this week is going to be a lot more baseball just because we have all these makeup games. The Phillies are going to be back. 
um, the Marlins. That's going to be an exciting uh, series uh, for Yankees and Phillies fans. That definitely, and the Phillies are going to come out with some intensity just because they're mm-hmm. they've been caged up. Absolutely. Um, and then the Cardinals hopefully will be playing this week. Um, all, before we get off baseball, real quick, we do have two big names that decided they wanted to opt out of the season. The first, the the less dramatic one being mm-hmm. Lorenzo Cain. Um, he just decided this wasn't necessarily the safest place for him because they were supposed to be playing the Cardinals this week, and he doesn't want to put his family at risk so he's opting out now for the drama and and the the most Mets man. thing we've ever seen uh, it, it fits uh, the brand so well uh Yoenis Cespedes going MIA uh prior to game time he was in the lineup and then he wasn't because the state just couldn't find they him. went to his hotel room uh, they sent somebody yeah. to go check his hotel everything room, was gone and uh, everything was gone <laughs> she's packed and gone Ooh. And in the middle of the game, they hear his from agent. him or his agent or somebody saying yeah, he's man. opting out of that, the season. That's just wild. That's just absolutely wild. They go on a wild goose chase for, I would say, one of their best players and one of probably their most exciting players because he's healthy now, about to go off, hopefully, and just he just leaves. He's gone. Not even a note. Just out of there. And the, the, sad, the really sad part about this is that this is how the Ioannis Cespedes era in in Queens ends. He, he signed that really big four-year deal with the Mets. He had a great first, like, beginning of it. He played mm-hmm. phenomenal for him. And then the last two years he's been injured, and he hasn't been able to get over these injuries, and more things keep coming up. Then we get the COVID situation, but he looks finally healthy. So for summer camp and spring training, he looks really good. And now he's just gone and this is year four of that four-year deal so you kind of have to assume that this this relationship out in new york is, yeah, and it's tough is because over. he's worth his way back from I not being healthy and mets fans were excited to finally have him and then it was just to end know, like so, that is tough really tough you know i have no idea where he ends up you gotta assume he'll end up on a team next year Unless he just decides to retire yeah. fully, but he'll he'll probably end up somewhere on a contender, I imagine as well. So so look out for like a, a team like the Braves to go pick him up or somebody like that that needs that extra that extra oomph on their team to to really make a push. Um, but yeah, C- Cespedes being the the headliner he's always been for for one more time in Absolutely. New York, right? And then uh, what else we got here, Brooke? We, again, it's been um, a We're actually going to bring back a little segment that we haven't done in a while. Ooh. And hopefully you guys miss it. Yeah, and this, and this yeah, is for the OG OGs because we haven't done this since before Corona. So it's been probably February was our last one, I would think. Yeah. So smart or stupid. For all the um, people who don't know, Everybody. we just throw out a question. Is it smart or stupid? And that simple. So to start us off, Ju. Start us off. All right. So, so Brooke, smart or stupid? Is it smart for whoever has this ability to fire Rob Manfred? Mid-season? Yes. Smart. Just galaxy brain so. smart. 
Fire Manfred, absolutely. The sport will benefit from. But mid season, man, because that's that's the that's the real crux of the question. Obviously, Manfred's not the best. There, there's got to be somebody like, right now in the head offices of MLB who could do a better job on the fly than Manfred has done with months of preparation. I firmly believe that. Okay. Yeah. The, it's just there has to be people that have just been biting their tongue because they just don't have the voice because he's the commissioner and they're just a schmuck in the office. There just has to be people with better ideas to handle these circumstances. Now, whether he hears them and doesn't want to do them or he just hasn't been told them because, again, nobody could step to him because he's the commissioner, whatever it may be, but get him out of there. I'm leaving. I'm gone. So, get him out. my first one for you, Smart or Stupid, okay. J. Cole, trying to make a run at the NBA. <sighs> the... So, if you haven't heard, J. Cole, I don't even Master remember P. who said it. So there was some, like, famous Master P. So, uh, uh, another, another artist, artist who made a run at the NBA, playing for the Raptors and, I believe, the Hornets. So, so Master P is uh, is uh, teaching and taking J. Cole under his wing, apparently. And uh, they're, he's preparing to make a run to make the NBA. Um Smart or stupid? I gotta stupid. go with stupid. I think, I think there's there's this really interesting dynamic between um, actors, musicians, mm-hmm. and athletes, right? Where all three want to be yeah. the other so bad because they think it's easier or they think it's less pressure or whatever it might be, right? When at the end of the day, if it was so easy, everybody would do all three, right? I disagree with them thinking it's it. easier or in a sense of that nature. I just feel like there's a lot of people with the ability to play that just, for whatever reason, haven't got the opportunity to. And now them obviously having a name and a platform, they might have the opportunity to be in the building now to have a chance to showcase their skills. And we know there's a lot of people who, who can ball, again, in the whether music industry, entertainment industry, whatever it may be. Two, two chains and exactly. Quavo in particular. So. But I don't, I don't know. I think it's stupid just because when, when you're so good at mm-hmm. your thing, right, and J. Cole is known as one of the best yeah. rappers around, um, and that's just his thing. He's really, really good at that one thing. Um, it, it gets really easy to think mm-hmm. you can do anything. And I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe he gets into the NBA and he makes a team. Uh, is it going to be a Tim Tebow kind of deal where he sits in the G League and now we're not getting J. Cole music so we can watch him in the G League? <laughs> is that what's going to happen here? Um, does he go play yeah. overseas? Like, you know, I, I don't really think that this is something, unless he's sick and tired of music. If he's sick and tired of music, then it's smart. But I can't imagine. You know how is. weird the music it, industry I'm can sure be, though. Yeah. And that's a conversation for a whole nother day. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to say stupid. I think J. Cole needs to stay in his lane. Not like, stay in your lane, you shouldn't be doing this. But I just think he's so good at his thing that he should kind of just keep giving that gift that he has to us and not kind of 
deviate Again, from it. I'm going to disagree because we do have people in the league like Dame Lillard, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Lonzo Ball that still put out music when uh, they're balling. So if you got it like that and you do have the talent to play and actually make a roster, I say go for it. Why not? If you end up sucking while you're there, it is what it is. But you can say you made it. And that might open the door for more opportunities for people who just don't have the opportunity to go to college to play and then get looks. Because there's a lot of ballers out there that, whether it be grades or just fields that they end up falling into, that they don't get the chance to make it pro. So, see what happens. Yeah. I think that's, I not to, you know, harp on this for too long, but I think that's part of my issue with it, too. Um, when Tim Tebow made the Mets, a lot of people were really upset because Tim Tebow is making this team, although he has some talent, but he's displacing a guy who has worked his entire life and dedicated his life to yeah. being a baseball player. And I think, say, J. Cole does make it. And I can't imagine, like, J. Cole might be really good mm-hmm. at basketball, right? But I can't imagine that he is as good at, at basketball as a kid who, say, was a five-star recruit, went to Duke, didn't have the best career at Duke, got drafted late or undrafted, and is now in a G League fighting for a spot. I can't imagine I agree with better that. than a guy like that who is, like, staying in. And to give to take away that opportunity just feels a little... No off to me but that's all like that that's just something oh you got one more that happens in a lot of different places too so knowing the right people it's about who you know not what you know that's just kind of how the world works oh you got another one exactly but uh do i um smart or stupid let's think real quick let's get a brain blast uh smart or stupid Brooke. the pac-12 players deciding that they will opt out of this season if their demands for improving the Pac-12. Absolutely smart. I love it because college players, what whatever sport it may be, just don't get the stuff that they need to be successful in life and during their time. Like, let's say you don't make it into the sport. What happens then? You're putting your all into the sport, and you're not covered. You get hurt or whatever. You're not covered. So these players are trying to make a push to be given what they should be given as a person and an athlete, not just somebody that's on a revolving door. You're going to come play for us, and then once you leave, whatever. Kumbaya. Do what you got to do. Yeah, and... And, you know, people always argue, well, they don't leave with nothing. They leave with a degree. And, you know, that's fair to an extent. But as, as somebody who just left college and a lot of my friends don't have particularly great jobs or they don't love their job or it's a yeah. stressful environment or they're still looking for something. Um, and it's been a year for Absolutely. us, like the, the people I know. Um, you know, it's been a year and, you know, having to live with parents, et cetera, like stuff like that. And a lot of college athletes don't come from affluent backgrounds. So, you know, the Pac-12 players are really just making a push to not only get some revenue sharing in for them, but also for uh, some of those who are in need, not even in the athletic world. And they're just trying to get some of that, some of the love shared with them. And it's a really, um, it's a really good push just for, the future of the sport and the uh, the organization of the NCAA to 
have a, a look of we're not the selfish, money-hungry pigs yeah. that we actually are, and we pretend. And we I really hope that uh, the rest of the Power Five conferences players join in on this because the bigger this gets, the bigger chance it has to be made and moving forward to actually happen. So, yeah, and I think I think the Pac-12 is the best place for mm-hmm. this to happen at first because. The California thing just happened recently where they're allowed to actually make money mm-hmm. off of their names now in California. So that's Absolutely. really big. So it's got to start there. But also just in general, the West Coast has seemed to be more um, progressive, yeah. I guess is the right way to say it. And so to start West and move East, uh, if one conference has it, and this is something that happens in a conference, it will move to the Big Ten and to the ACC. And then once it's in those two conferences, eventually the SEC and the Big 12 are going to feel the pressure and do it as well. And that's just the way that's yep. going to have to work. Yeah, I'm all for it. I love it. Anything to better the players and help I'm them sorry. out and not just be used, I love it because they deserve it. Yeah, and, I, you know, if they opt out, I'd be a little disappointed because I think uh, my Oregon Ducks are going to be really, really yeah. good this year. But – uh, I'll take a year of no football if it means um, the, these athletes and these, these kids, which a lot of them are kids, um, to potentially get things, whatever that might be, whether it's scholarship money, whether it's a part of the revenue shared, whether it's actual name recognition, an actual education, health care after they graduate in case they get 10 concussions at the school and yep. now they're not covered. Uh any of those things, I think Absolutely. this is a really good step. So, shout out. And you got I one do more have for one me, more for you. Um, smarter, stupid. Dwayne the Rock Johnson buying the XFL, the fallen XFL, for fifteen million dollars, trying to bring it back from the dead. Smarter, stupid. Now, for for him in particular, I think this mm-hmm. is really really smart. I think if there's anybody who who can take this league and make it entertaining, it's The Rock. Absolutely. All he does is go into a movie and add a dynamic to that movie or to that thing, right, and make Absolutely. it more fun. That's just what he does. He's, he's a charismatic, hardworking dude, and he was phenomenal in the w, right? mm-hmm. it was WWE, now movie actor. And so he has the background of the making a sport um, a show with WWE and then being an actor as well he kind of knows what audiences mm-hmm. are looking for to an extent and I think if there's anybody who can make the XFL what they want it to be I think it's him because it's not here to be an NFL feeder it's here to be an entertaining football league that is still played at a yeah. high-ish level I think it's great and I think I think that he could do it. I mean, he's an ex-football player, too, so it works. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Um, $15 million is really Bro, nothing that, that's to him. A steal. He's a very wealthy man. <laughs> that's a steal. And now, did he get the very wealthy uh, man. WWE family bonus? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But And he bought it with a group, so I don't know how much everybody else paid or if that's his share, if it's all bulk, whatever it is. But it's great for the XFL. And like we said, it just fell due to corona it was actually looking really good we went to a game i think it was like the third game of the season and it's fun the atmosphere was great it was electric and 
you put The Rock's touch on it, I think it takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, I have no idea if this means the XFL is going to actually come back. Um, I would honestly bet that it's not, at yeah. least right away. But I, I do think that if there is a future for the XFL, this is the only way that it really has a legitimate chance to um, come back, like the Phoenix, and, and shine. Yeah, even if they away. wait two, That's three the only, years for everything to really settle because there's going to be an adjustment period even if let's say this ends by the end of the year there's going to be an adjustment period for like social big gatherings it's not just going to be the masses coming right back now if it does cool but i think there's going to be an adjustment period and i think they'll probably strive better if they just wait a little bit get everything really set find out what when wrong a little bit when they started back up because i'm sure they still had cons to it there was a lot of pros but still a lot of stuff they could have touched on figure it out fine-tune it come back and keep it pushing do what they gotta do yeah so um that that's what we got again i think it's smart for them uh thank you guys so much for listening we covered a lot today um you know, there's there's probably going to be just as much in the coming weeks, just because we got sports we got back, a lot baby. Of sports happening. We, we back. Got a lot of stuff, and so make sure to follow us at underscore the spectators on our socials. Keep in touch. Let us know who you guys think should be the player of the week. That'll be coming out every Friday from now until we decide that it's no longer viable. Which you know we're gonna have sports for yeah. a while, hopefully. So, um, player of the week. Make sure to send us who you think should be in it. If your favorite team's fa- best player has a great game, tag us. Whatever it might be, we're looking forward to that. And, um, you know, if you want to check out the, any other episodes, check out our website, thespectatorsports.com, or we're on all other platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn. Check out and, the dope articles yeah. we got on our website, too. Yeah, we got some of those coming out this week for you as well. So keep an eye out for some new articles. And we'll see you next time. Later, everybody. Be safe.